Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And for anyone trying to find us out there in the social media universe, that's at Justin the Food Entrepreneur's. So today I have with us Andrew Rogerson and Robert Barden of Two Salty Sarges out of Aurora, Colorado. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. Doing great. So (laughs) you're very welcome. So obviously you didn't start off as food entrepreneurs by the name of your business. So tell me both of your backgrounds, um, where you guys came uh, uh, came from. Did or have either one of you were in food maybe growing up, and that's where this started. So let's take it all the way back in the day and sort of tell your guy's story. You know how you ended up in the military, obviously, and then how you started a business. So I think. we got as much time as you guys want. All right. Well, this is Robert Barton, and uh, I grew up in East Haven, Connecticut, which is right outside of New Haven, Connecticut. Um, pretty much just a, a normal, everyday kid, and uh, worked at a couple of restaurants as I was growing up. Joined the Army in uh, 1994. My first duty station was Fort Carson, Colorado. Uh, I met my wife and we ended up having a son and then I PCS over to, uh, Germany with the first ID. And that was, that was where I met Andrew. And, um, <laughs> we, uh, we always, we just hit it off cause he, as you'll see, he's, a, he's from, uh, New York. So we're upper, upper Northeast kids growing up and we're assholes. Of course. <laughs> yeah. And, um, uh, hence the that name was salty. It, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, we, we just, we, we just hit it off. I stayed in Germany for many years after he PCS and, uh, I had a few deployments under my belt. I got, uh, blown up a couple times in Iraq and, uh, got pretty messed up with that. They, uh, they medically retired me after 10 and a half years. And then I, uh, um, was back in Walter Reed and they, when they retired me, then I moved down to Alabama and through the magic of Facebook, Andrew and I were able to link back up about five, probably about five years ago. And, uh, I think about a year and a half ago, I was at his, his house for uh, Christmas and, um, we were just bullshitting around probably, drinking and smoking cigars and we we're talking about uh doing a food truck and that's how two salty sarges became now well and that's pretty much but well number one i really appreciate your guy's service um and as someone who lost someone a best friend during the um during that time i appreciate it and i'm glad both of you are here and have formed this food business. And I think that that's important. I also wanted to say that um, I'm familiar with Walter Reed. Also, I grew up in Maryland and my parents had a horse farm and there was a circle of hope and they did a lot of therapeutic riding and rehabilitation for vets and stuff like that. And people that had come back from the war um, in Iraq and Afghanistan. So um, that's, I, that's feel, awesome. I feel a lot of, emotion in what you're saying um just because i feel it and 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 what's going on and so um i you know i just want to convey that to the audience that these are big things in life and and to end up where you guys are to to be able to to 
to relive a relationship and form a business and be here to do it, I think is it's hugely important. So one, I wanted to just say thank you and thank you guys for coming on the podcast. And I don't want to take away <laughs> take away from both of you guys talking, but I just wanted to say that first. Um, and secondly, we don't even know what Salty Sarges is yet or two Salty Sarges. So um, I'm going to let um, Andrew sort of introduce himself as well. Hey, Justin, good morning. Hey, thanks for having us again, man. This is great. It's the first time ever doing this, but my name is Andrew Rogerson. I'm from upstate New York, Rochester. Um, I was born and raised there. I left at the ripe old age of 18 when I joined the U.S. Army in 1992, and I never looked back. I had some restaurant experience back there in New York, but I parted different ways, and me and Bobby both came in as diesel mechanics, and that's where we met in Germany, as he said. But born and raised in New York, it was a different different type of living than if you had never been there you're not going to know so i traveled throughout the world my first duty station also was fort carson and um i retired in 2014 right here out of denver colorado and this is why i'm here in denver colorado because for one it's beautiful and this is where the government put me so here i am so i did about was 22 and a half years in the military um several deployments and of course, like reiterate what Bobby said, we met in Germany, we kicked it off. We're both kind of idiots in our younger ages of some of the dumb shit we did, but <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we, we yeah. still, we still do some of the dumb shit because my wife says I'm never going to grow up. So here I am. I know. I know that yeah. starting a food truck is one of those things, but I, I think it's going to be worth it in the long run. So tell me about that. You guys, how did you come up with the concept? How'd you decide to launch the business together? How'd you decide on the um, food? Well, in this industry, well, almost any industry, well, I, I got sick of working for the man. I had several civilian jobs when I retired. I was just done with it. I was like, hey, man, we, I got to do something. I want to be, be my own boss, do my yeah. own thing. I love food. People love food. So then, like Bobby said before, we got together. We created a menu. We did some scratching on paper, see what we're going to come up with, a logo, a name. I was like, hey, we're we're too salty assholes, but I don't think we can put that publicly on a yeah. side of a billboard. So here we are, two salty sarges. Um, started out, we started building shit over a year ago, and we finally got the trailer this June in July was our first event time, and we've been going hot ever since. Well, and I see you guys move, moving around quite a bit. That's how I picked up on you guys. I was like driving around and I saw your truck if you, or trailer. Is it a trailer or a truck? I thought it was a trailer. It, the trailer it, is a trailer. Do, do we happen to cut you off or put you into a ditch or anything? <laughs> no, no, no. I know the feeling though. I once drove it. I had a food trailer. I drove around a bunch or a group of them. And um, yeah, I know that's a whole new experience with those things. And I drove horse trailers no, it, my whole life. So, no. Yeah, if we did it, we did it on purpose. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just know that. <laughs> it's all yeah, good. We, Not yeah, that I know of, but maybe. Yeah, the, the trailer is 24 foot long. We have a uh, four foot barbecue porch in the back. Uh, full commercial kitchen inside. Uh, one of these days, if you have time, swing by and we can video and take pictures of the inside and show that it the the outside doesn't do it justice and so did explain to me barbecue do you have you guys always barbecues it's something you guys did i mean i know i've um from a military standpoint it's it's popular in the military when you guys are on base and stuff like that or, or overseas or wherever in combat that barbecuing and stuff like that and barbecue sauce or just by the nature of moving around the country i don't know 
but tell yeah. me why barbecue we we actually don't barbecue barbecue you know we we do um cook uh boston butts or however you want to call it pork shoulders yeah and we smoke those on the smokers and uh but you know our menu has you know burgers pulled pork um italian sausage hoagies we just put on the menu the things that we like cool and and that's how we did it you know it's not necessarily barbecue per se now we do have american cuisine yeah american cuisine we do make our own sauces we make the the red barbecue sauce we make a the alabama white barbecue sauce like i said i was in alabama for i think it was about 16 years and i just adopted some of the some of the sauces that they made down there and and that white barbecue barbecue sauce out here is a it's a huge hit people don't know what it is so we we make our own tortilla chips when we we let people try it you know if you want to try it and you like it hey Put it on your pulled pork sandwich, put it on your burger. We don't give a shit. <laughs> you know, it's it's good food. And if you don't like it, we don't care. You know, that's that's the yeah. that's the nature of the beast. Move on to the next food trip. Yeah, absolutely. So I like the the white barbecue sauce is something that's important because I just as a nation I don't and I just I first came across it maybe like two thousand thirteen fourteen running around down there but really became aware of it like 17 i even if i have it or i have a bottle like i can get it somewhere i'll literally put it on everything my eggs my rice my chicken because i like it that much i don't know why and i'm not a barbecue sauce typical person it's not my thing to go to um just the sauce i like barbecue itself but the barbecue sauce when it's ketchup based is just weird for me um, I, it's too much, I taste the sugar. And so yeah. I like the white sauce like a lot and I have it on everything. So it is an Alabama sauce and it is literally, I, I don't even know how to describe it. I think it's, it's an incredible thing. So I like that you guys are doing it. Um, so do you change the menu weekly? Do you change the menu based on the event? Is it sort of, uh, let's just serve burgers today? I feel like yeah. trying this. Like, how do you go about this? If you go on our website, we have our full menu on there, and that's what we do every day. But however, during October, we had requests for Oktoberfest-type foods because, as Bobby said before, we were both in Germany. We both adopted a lot of those cooking methods over there. So we brought those over and we did two outstanding Oktoberfest events for some breweries here in town. And it came out great. We had schnitzel, we had Jaeger schnitzel, we had currywurst, we had bratwurst, we had sauerkraut. We had the whole schnitzel deal, the whole German meal, I should say. And then we took off our menu and we did that. So other than that, our menu is what's up and we don't alter from that. Usually unless we have special requests. Very cool. I'm going to get back to the menu in a second, but I got to ask this question. So you're two diesel mechanics and you didn't choose a food truck. You choose a, chose a food trailer. So I know why I chose trailers, but I'm just interested to hear your point of view as mechanics. Why did you choose a trailer versus a truck, even though you could work on the truck yourself, even though diesel's not unleaded, if it's unleaded, we can talk about that later, but your mechanics by nature, um, by why a very good trailer and very a good truck. question a lot of people ask that if, if one of the if say one truck is down we have two we have two trucks right now that we can tow our trailer with 
and we'll probably get it eventually get a third one but if one truck is down for services or maintenance or any, anything like that we can still run we can still run all day long and still be able to do it and a lot of these trucks the the food truck itself it's not four-wheel drive most food trucks are not four-wheel drive a few of them could be but um you know the trailer it's it's going to go right behind the truck that truck is going to get it where it needs to be and both trucks we have are four-wheel drive so we're going to be trying to operate throughout the winter i love that and i think you're going to find that a lot of food trucks start taking their foot off the gas during the winter time i don't know why i get it everyone thinks that no one's outside and wants to do stuff but that is prime time, especially in Colorado, where the weather can still yeah. be warm. Well, um, I can I can vouch for one thing. We're very new at this, but it gets very very cold. <laughs> that we have a ten foot hood vent, and that sucks the life out of that trailer. It sucks. It takes all that cold, frosty ambient air on the outside, sucks it through every crack yeah. and crevice and vent. And then we're sitting there with hoodies on and hats. And people are like, what are you talking about? You have all that heating equipment. Yeah, it doesn't heat. Yeah, Come see us in August. Yeah. It's 110. Yeah, I've been there. You're either sweating on the food or you're wearing gloves and a hat trying to stay <laughs> know, warm right? in there. It's like there's, it's a never a win. And I remember, like, I was running around in a food trailer at one time. And it would be so cold I couldn't get the pilot lights to light on the gas fryers in the trailer. It would be so – it would be that cold, like, in upstate New York. Because I used to run out to Long Island and New York and Delaware and Pennsylvania a lot with the food trucks. And those were sort of where I did it, particularly with fried chicken. And I couldn't get the pilot lights to sometimes light. It would be, like, January freezing, like, minus 10 yep. in Buffalo. And I'm like, God, I'd be, like, heating with a blow dryer the pilot like freezing in the trailer like with someone like taking turns like trying to get the pilot light to warm up light enough to to light it but you'd have to warm up the trailer i'd literally have to bring like turn on the compressor put the heater in the trailer get the trailer hot then try to light the pilot light so i had to have this whole method but i had the same thing with 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 what you guys did is we could pull with any truck and we have multiple trucks or you could pull with a box truck or a refrigerated truck or a refrigerated van or freezer and whenever we had issues it was easily easily changeable and the only issue i ever ran in the trailer was just we put a lot of equipment in there and the axles i broke both axles and had them replaced uh with stronger axles and so you know with that one and then as we built them we learned our lesson from there um and we don't do that anymore but it's um it's really cool that you talked about it and i just i agree with you on the cold but i did in my own experience i found like it was crazy how much business or or events i had and even though i had to go outside and warm the trailer and stuff and like as soon as you turn on that hood people don't realize the heat that's coming out of the equipment is is right underneath the hood that's where the heat's come from so it's going straight up the hood it's not entering the trailer it's not warming the space and if you ever go into a commercial kitchen or 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 like a papa john's pizza place when it's going full bore try to open the door during their busiest time because they've got all their hoods going and you can't open the door to the restaurant because if the replacement air is not coming in fast enough and so that's sort of what you're dealing with is even if you close the doors, every nook and cranny sucking in cold air into that, into the tube. So, um, 
I enjoyed that. Actually, a lot of brought flashbacks of freezing and, and memories <laughs> and panic attacks and all sorts of great things. And so oh, yeah. we, we've had a couple of them, you know, a couple of little mishaps real quick. And but it's it's nothing major, you know, nothing we can't deal with. Yeah. So let's let me rewind back. So you started about a year and a half ago, I think you said, or no, June. So not even. You've only been open a half a year. Yeah. yeah and, sure. So you, it's right in summer. So how do you go getting gigs? How do you go spreading the name of what, what you're doing? I, and everyone's always like, oh, there's so many food trucks. Why get in food trucks? I'm like, we're not even close to saturated in the food truck market. So you can just put that thought aside. But it's Social media, man. Social media is a mother. And, and begging and pleading. Yep. And there's a, lot of, there's a lot of apps out there here in the Denver metro area that we can log on for food trucks that link directly with brewing companies. Then other than that is a lot of knocking on doors. Like we're going to head over to um, the Aurora Police Department over here off Aurora Parkway in Smoky Hill. We're going to head over there and check that place out. Uh, we've done a couple lunches for some office uh, buildings during a weekday in Aurora. And that's a really good turnout. The guys are great. They're, they, they like want us coming over because they're, they're sick of the, the, the fast food chain food that's on every corner of every street, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and as Denver keeps growing rapidly, I mean, I can't, I mean, we have more East coast and more uh, West coast people moving here every month. And so our food business is growing. And even though we don't have enough food service employees, to sustain yep. that business, there is a growing need for entrepreneur and food trucks and stuff like that. Because you're right, every time we have Sterling Ranch is a big one down here by us in the south. And it's blowing up, but it's all the fast food chains are going in there. You know, because it's yep. a growing area yep. and they're who can afford to go into the Safeway complex, which slowly went down there. Um, but so like, okay, food trucks, like this is how we move around. This is commissaries, ghost kitchens cloud kitchens, whatever we're talking about, food trucks, it's a way to do it because in Denver, for example, like our real estate prices are going through the roof for our houses, okay? So that's just our houses. But if you're talking about a commercial spot for your business, for your restaurant as an entrepreneur, just starting off, that you're talking maybe more than your house and your rent payments. And so it's like, holy crap, this, the, when you have commercial real estate market, that's so high priced, particularly in states like Denver who are growing. So you're like, how do we feed this, but don't want to bite off a brick and mortar and be tied down to something for five years and increases every year. This is the way to do it. So I like this. I also like that there's just by the nature of, of your history and by who you guys are, you attract clientele in that way also and i think that that's important and i think that knowing who you are and you guys know who you are you know that you're salty you know you're you're in the military or we're in the military and you know that you like food and it's okay to be good at all of those things or have been great at those things and then use them in your life to take whatever next step is in life to promote it so you're you're taking your military history you're taking your mechanic history you're taking your your civilian history and you've tied it all together into one concept that's truly yours and represents you guys so yeah i like that a lot yes yeah we yeah. love it we we love doing it it's fun and guess what we're our own boss and we make our own hours you know and uh just to just to backtrack a little bit of what you were saying about the denver metro area it's there's a a ton of breweries out here and 
it's not a sports bar. They're breweries, and you can either go there, and if you want to be a, a patron of the, the brewery, you're either going to eat a bag of chips or popcorn, or you're going to walk outside of that food truck. You know, that's that's what you had to eat. And it's a, I, I guess it's a, a law saying you have to ha- serve food. So that's why a lot of food trucks go to the a lot of these breweries. And we just found that out as well. And so we we provide good food and and it's different. It's not a it's not a taco truck because, you know, 90 percent of these places that we've seen, it's we look at these calendars and, uh, you know, so and so's taco truck and or so and so's burritos and we're on the schedule and it's it's two salty sarges and they're like oh we didn't we didn't we had to swing by just to see what two salty sarges was because it's it doesn't look like a taco truck so it's like hell come on over <laughs> and so we we get a lot of clientele like that because they don't realize what two salty sarges is and and they like it you know I'm not. I'm not putting down a taco truck. It's just we that's, love that's, a, that's a go-to, that's a go-to place. You know, it's a it's go-to, you know, genre of food, and a lot of people start it up, and it's quick and easy. You know, ours are just our burgers alone. If you if you come to us right when we first open, you're you're gonna it's gonna be. 10, 15 minutes because you're going to wait on a burger because we're making our burgers fresh. We're making fresh food. You know, it's not, it's not crock pots. We're not, we're, <laughs> the word for that is a, we're, we're not a food festies. Like we don't do festivals because our turnaround time is not combat speed like that. Like Bobby says, we're cooking our stuff fresh from scratch. Yeah, if we go to, we did do a elementary school and a high school. And, and I tell you what, man, we got our asses handed to us, you know, because for one, they're demanding. For two, they don't have a brewery to go back in and have their favorite choice of beverage. They're going to stand there at the window and basically chant, where's my food? Where's my food? You know, <laughs> we just can't do that. We can, but we're going to sacrifice uh, the quality which I would rather not do. So you can either wait for your food or you can go to Taco Bell, pick and choose, you know? Well, and it's interesting. uh, And I will say this, and I hope anyone in the audience hears this. And I just, I fix a mindset here because I want to align it properly. You wait. Generally, we have this expectation that food trucks should be fast food. Okay, but that's not what they are. They are quick service. They are no different than Five Guys. Think about what Five Guys does when you walk in there and you have to wait for your burger to be cooked. They're cooking it fresh. They're putting the ingredients on there fresh. Your fries are cooked fresh, so they're hot by the time they hit the bag. That is what quick service is. It's not slow. It's not fine dining. You're not sitting down. You're not waiting. Your dinner's not going to take an hour, but it's not going to take five to seven minutes. Okay, because and it's not a drive-through. So. We just there's a mindset there that we we think food trucks and wheels and drive through and quick service and and fast food, and and not quick service sorry and fast service but it's really quick service fast is like fast food food's prepped it's usually pre prepared if you're waiting exactly. in line for an item at a fast food restaurant it's usually because they're having to cook that item from scratch or fry the fries yep. or whatever in that particular yep. case but it's not it's atypical. And so in this case, what we're talking about for food trucks, like what we're talking about here, is that you have to, 
understand that if you're at a brewery or somewhere and you're at a festival, you're ordering food, you're, you're there to enjoy yourself and come get your food when it's ready. It's be, it's part of the yep. experience. And, mm-hmm. yep. Yep. and the reason taco trucks, everyone loves them is because they do turn around food quickly. The problem that I find is you're getting your, your, and it's nothing against taco trucks either. There's just a lot of them and the really yes. good ones charge the same price as the really not so good ones. And because yeah. it's so easy to enter in the food trucks, like I said, there's plenty of room for food trucks. So really you could enter the market and it doesn't have to be great and you could still do well right now. But it's going to be a matter of time before people are going to expect a higher quality food because there are people that care about it and aren't just getting in the food truck game just because I want to own a food truck. You know, yeah. it's I get that I get the notion, but there has to be a care about the client. There has to be a care about the customer, the experience, the the food that you're producing. That's going to leave something. If you're just trying to pump out food and, and make money and get something, it just doesn't work in food. I don't know yeah. why. Even McDonald's is giving you an experience with a happy meal. They're fast food, but there's an experience, the drive-through experience, the menu experience, the happy meal experience, the now adult happy meal experience. Don't you forget know. the diarrhea experience when you're done. <laughs> yeah. And then there's that. And believe yeah. me, it depends on which fast food chain, but everything exactly. is, is like that. So it's um Justin, we have we have one thing that probably no other food truck or restaurant has as you can come up to our serving window. We can make you laugh. We can make you cry and we can make fun of you for all the same price as your food. (laughs) (laughs) I like that a lot. And And I'm pretty sure you guys travel all of Denver. Cause if I'm not mistaken, I've seen you down on County line at a brewery, like near, I want to say it's like Colorado and County line somewhere around there, like max taps or something. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. We go out there, Justin. We're all over the place, man. We do Arvada. We do Aurora. We do Broomfield. We do Highlands Ranch. We do Parker. We do Castle Rock. We do all over Aurora. We do Centennial. We do, I mean, you can request us. We'll go. You know? Well, and I like yep. this, and I'm and I'm gonna have some people get. I'm sure I'll hear about it. But I've done. I do a lot of consulting and and people and stuff like that. And it's the food truck thing is always interesting me because people will be like, "Oh, I'm not traveling more than ten miles." I'm like, "What?" No, you're a mobile kitchen. You need to go 20 miles. You need to go 25. You need to go 200 if it's a wedding. I don't care what it is. You're building a business and you're building a reputation. Every possible chance to get food in someone's mouth is the only way you can market your business. Truly, you can do it online, social media. People see it. And those who do it really well, like you guys are doing, people are attracted to it. But then once the food's in their mouth, you know, that's a whole different thing. And the people that don't see social media, you just went straight by them and got the food in the other people's mouth. And so in the food business, I'm not saying you want to lose money. That's not what I'm saying, but you want to be able to build a reputation and travel, especially if you're mobile to spread the word of your business. And that means chasing opportunities. So I like that you guys just said it. And when that's why when we had actually got on the podcast before anyone you know, we start recording. I'm like, well, where are you guys from? Littleton or Denver? Because I'm like, my assumption was that you're not going to travel more than eight to 10 miles. Cause that's normally what I get. Even though I'm always like Denver's the greatest place ever. There's how many growing neighborhoods that need food trucks that have yep. no food, 10 miles from Denver go there. 
build something. You want a brick and mortar eventually, they're a growing neighborhood. Go start there. You know, also not don't put all your time there, but at least start making a reputation and building clients there. And so it's that type of thing that I really like that you guys are doing that you've touched upon, which is your mobile. Right. Yeah. And uh, as, as you keep saying that about the, um, your phrase, keep saying it, you're, uh, Put the putting the food in your mouth and stuff like that. You look at the side of the trailer. It says, "We can't wait to put our meat in your mouth." That's our <laughs> slogan. That's our slogan right there. So, you know, and uh, we'll we'll even cater to to certain individuals. We don't have a lot of uh, say vegetarian options, but we do have our our, our Italian sausage hoagie comes with uh, peppers and onions. And one of the breweries we go to quite a bit. Um, we have a, a couple of vegetarian bartenders. And they always come out and we will always, always help her out. And, you know, we'll, we'll We'll make up for something. We'll we'll make something for her. And she loves it. And she says no other food truck ever does that for her, you know? So we, we will cater for, as long as we have the stuff in our, in our kitchen, we're going to help you out. We'll, we'll, we'll hook you up with whatever you want. You know, you don't eat pork. All right, we got a chicken sandwich. We got uh, all beef hot dog. You don't eat. You don't eat vegetable. We're not going to hold it against you. We'll we'll talk shit about. Uh, once you leave, we'll make might make a little bit of fun of you, but not really. But um, we'll 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 hook you up. We're gonna try to to get everybody to have the the a good food truck experience when you come to two salty sarges. And I like that as well. I think people always are like, if it's not on the menu, you don't get it. That's one. But two is you can produce anything that you already have the ingredients for. Exactly. And one of the things that I like is particularly because we're talking about salty in the region you guys are from. And I've spent a lot of time in New York and Pennsylvania and New Jersey and Delaware and up into Connecticut and even that Boston, uh, Eastern Massachusetts is in the environment there. There's well, we can joke around at being salty or we can joke around about how a New Yorker will stab you in the face and then tell you right before they do it, you know, they're not going to stab you in the back. And But the reality is this, is, um, is because of that mentality, there is an overdrive of customer service. And there's a lot of overdrive in being competitive, even if it's sort of to the rest of the world looks like we cuss a lot. We're aggressive from the East coast. We're use strong language, whatever it is. But the reality is, is it's a drive. And that drive particularly comes out in food service in restaurants and restaurant chains or individuals, let even, you know, restaurant tours that have spun off concepts that have now become national franchises out of New York. And they were just trying to do restaurants. They listen to other people and they had ideas and some of the greatest things that are on their menus that then became separate concepts that now become franchises or corporate stores or whatever nationwide came out of doing what you guys are doing, which is just listening. And okay, I'm not going to be everything to everyone, but I do have these ingredients on my truck and okay, maybe I have to create something and it's going to be a little bit of an inconvenience, but that's okay. Because here's why I, you know, I will tell you that I've been in this long enough when you don't service the customers or the bartenders or the delivery drivers or whoever also as a food business, 
your word of mouth goes down the tube. It doesn't matter how good a business you're is. In food, you have to cater to your vendors, your customers, your what I will call clients, which are your delivery drivers, because they're part of you know contracting out your food and making sure it gets done properly. And you know, you have your team members, which are your employees. And so all of that matters. And when you don't service that, you don't build a business and you don't build personal relationships that grow into big time businesses. I just don't see it. I've never seen it. And everyone's like, oh, what's the magic? Well, it's hard work over a long period of time, but it's really about building those relationships that you guys are doing over the long run and not looking at every human that comes to your door or your store like a dollar sign. You know, it's okay. What is the heart over their head? That's going to be a relationship that's going to matter. Not only how much they're going to benefit me and my business and my family over the long run, but also their friends and the people that they tell about my business. And that's what you guys did right there. And actually to tell you guys, I've seen you guys running around, but I actually heard about you guys because of this, because someone told me about it, how you guys were so willing to customize food for them. And it wasn't, it wasn't. It was abnormal. And, you know, for, I'm like, oh, you know, a food entrepreneur coming on the podcast, it's important because often we don't do it anymore. The chef's like, oh, the chef says, no, it's not on the menu. It's like, wait a second. You have all the ingredients. Let's talk about this. So um, I love that. I love what you guys are doing there with that as well. So what are your guys' favorite things to cook on the food truck? Um, (laughs) And... What has been the most unique thing you've produced on the food truck or trailer? Well, I'm sorry. I mean, I personally, I, you know, we, we enjoy cooking everything, but it, you know, if you want, if you give us free reign to do what we want, if you want a hot dog, but you want, you give us free reign, you're good with spice. You're not allergic to anything. You're going to do, we're going to, we are going to hook you up, you know, you know, we'll put a freaking fried egg with a runny yolk on your damn hot pickles dog. and jalapenos and meat sauce. You're, you're going to yeah. have to change your shirt. Yeah. So, we, we just served a, a, a burger to a bartender um, the other day and we, we asked him, Hey, do you give us free reign? You're not allergic and everything like that. And he was like, hell yeah, we're good. Just don't give me tomatoes. I was like, all right, cool. You know, we hooked him up, and and if you go on to our TikTok, our, our TikToks, or whatever you follow us on TikTok, <laughs> you'll see him. He's gonna bite into that burger, and that runny egg is just gonna run down his face and run into the, the into his plate. And he, you know, an hour later, we're we're closing up shop, and and he he was like, man, that was a great burger. I mean, it's it just, and that's what we like to hear. We like that. Yeah, we might not have the best food in the world, and we like to think we do. But you know, if if we give you a great experience and great food, you're gonna come back, and that's what we try to do. You know, you're gonna follow us. You're gonna follow us on Facebook. You're gonna follow us on Instagram. And if we're close to your area of, of where you live or or a brewery you go to, come on down. You know and have a great experience we're going to hook you up if if the you let us <laughs> you know so it's, it, it, it you can't answer 
what your question was, but <laughs> it's just we love cooking it all. Yeah, so they, it's not your favorite. It's everything. Just, everything we do is, yeah. We'll cook and eat yeah. anything. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I, the only thing I hate is those goddamn fried pickles. They <laughs> they they fuck that oil up and then I yeah. gotta clean that shit. So they do mess up and the frying stuff I always found interesting because anything that's not coated well it just destroys the oil in those and I guess probably in restaurants yeah. too but especially in the trucks. Um, well, we, Bobby and myself, um, if you're ever around a cust or a commercial deep fryer, we stuck some pulled pork in a basket, dropped it in the deep fryer, and then put some white sauce on it. Holy oh, shit! It forget a, about it. It was amazing. that was on point. Dude, oh my gosh, that's incredible! If you come out and see us, <laughs> if, you come, if you come out and see us, we're gonna hook you up. We're I'm gonna, gonna come out and see you guys. Uh, Deborah and I'll come out for sure. Yeah. yeah, and another thing we're talking about, going back to what you're talking about earlier, is how we're set apart from a lot of food trucks. I can't say all because not all do this. We don't have a minimum. We get emails all day. What's your minimum to come out and serve lunch? What's your minimum to come out to our brewery? We don't have one. We're going to come out there, have a good time, meet new people, meet new clients, and promote our brand. That's what we're here for. And I love that. I love the question. I'm gonna. I'm coughing, trying not to. Sorry, but um, it's one of those things that. What is the prices? How much are you willing to pay to acquire a customer, a long-term one? I mean, that's yeah. the minimum question to me, and it's always interesting. Yeah. What's the minimum? Because people have minimums. Oh, I need to make a certain amount or a certain amount of orders. Well, wait a second. What's the price of just one long-term customer that they would generate if they came to two salty yeah. sarges over the next ten years, or their family, or their friends, or people they yeah. brought? This is where I'm like, the the we we get so focused on the dollar sign, we miss the long-term goal for a business because we're so focused on working. I mean, we say it all the time on the podcast in the business, which is like, oh, I'm focused on the money and I got to make money and revenue and revenue and survival, 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 that I'm not pausing for a second and picking my head up and looking around at my surroundings to assess my situation and where I should go from here. And is my plan actually working or am I heading for a disaster? And so yeah. that's the part that I love about what you guys are talking about is, um, is sort of that is there's a plan and you guys have talked about it and obviously it's in your background and, and training and stuff like that, but it's also come so naturally to you guys. I don't think that you realize that for a lot of entrepreneurs that don't have the background you guys have that, that organization, that discipline, that planning and the reason that it happens, the creativity that you guys have, the a massive amount of success, in my opinion, is because there's so much structure to your business and your concept that it allows for freedom within it. And so you guys know what you're going to do. You know what you're not going to do. Yeah, we can serve any kind of food we want. You know why? We've talked about it. We've planned that we go to this restaurant. We know we're going to have some off orders that are going to be vegetarian. Okay, it's yeah. a plan. And so it's not out of normal. It's not going to cause stress again. <laughs> and it's like when I walk into a pizza place during Monday night football and all the pizza people are stressed out. I'm like, you know, this is going to happen, man. Like, exactly. what are you not planning for? How are you so discombobulated? And how are you mad at me that you're so busy? You know, as a customer, I'm like, I'm sorry for giving you my business. I'm sorry for telling other people to come here. Like, what is this? Like, and that's part of the turnoff in food. And it doesn't, it's happening right now. And food service in fast food and why food trucks are so popular is because this environment is happening. 
like we're 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 upset in our workplace and it's not fun and we're not having benefits and it's like it's there's no structure anymore everything's like chaos and everyone's on their phone well you want to have fun and creativity create structure create discipline create a plan be on the same page with everyone and then when everything starts going well and you're winning that's when you can have fun and creativity happens exactly yeah and and you know stay off your phone yeah. and, you, and when you're when you're working stay off of your phone i think he's talking about me i'm surfing tiktoks trying to cook and shit no <laughs> we're not he's not doing that but you know it's just you know i i noticed that anywhere you go right now everybody you will everybody's on the damn phone yeah and you get shitty service because that they're they're too interested in in being on their damn phones and it i hate it and it's the same thing distracted driving um now you got distracted you know waitresses and waiters yeah come on now have a little bit of a that that falls on the managers and you know if we do happen to do our own brick and mortar and and trust me if you want to come work for us there's going to be some damn discipline there's rules and there's going to be rules and and if you don't like it (laughs) get the hell out you know and it's and it's just technology is great but it sucks at the same time and i agree with you i think that in this, what we're seeing now, and you can see it at any drive-through you go into or restaurants you go into, the employees are on their phones also. And early on in my food career, I learned this one when I dropped my phone. Like I pulled it out in the middle of production because it, an email came in or something. I don't remember. It's one of the original Palm phones, and I dropped it in 200 gallons of spinach, and so I contaminated it, and it's going to hospitals at the time. And so, like that's all a, sh- a lot of money down the tubes. And so, like, okay, like, these things aren't meant to be in food. Number one, we should all think about it from a food safety standpoint that the thing carries more germs than your toilet. So, like, bringing it into food and stuff like that, I don't care if you're wearing gloves and using the phone. You just brought the most contaminated thing on earth. It's like everyone's like, oh, it's your keyboard. No, it's your cell phone. And that thing carries with you everywhere. And in food, it's very dangerous. And if you're a really good food service production facility or restaurant business, you're going to understand you need to separate the phones from your restaurant. And I just probably blew up everyone's world in food service and angered every employee who can go work at Amazon and still use their phone and but it's you know you want to separate yourself you want to be a star in food which i can't even imagine why someone isn't taking advantage of this opportunity in their youth go after this and hit it with vigor and and tenacity and go into food service and be the opposite of what every person is right now which is on their phone distracted not delivering customer service not on time not paying attention doesn't even count the orders right like it's like mayhem and i'm just like where are all the food leaders in the world you know so to hear what you guys are doing gives me a lot of comfort and it's the truth mcdonald's succeeds by being mcdonald's because it can run with two people or 20 people and while they're having their problems in food service they still have sops that have made them still number one to this day and at the same time I will say that Chick-fil-A has done a great job of building marketing and advertising and they have their certain systems and stuff. But to me, if you look at it and you walk in there and I get it, Chick-fil-A's may make more money than McDonald's and their margins are better maybe because they serve more. But 
I, I don't know that to be true for sure when I say it, but I will tell you this. I can tell by the way the McDonald's line moves and the people moving there versus Chick-fil-A that they're working under a different discipline that's a higher level in SOPs. They're functioning under optimization and service and delivering the happiness. And while it may cause whatever, their thing is to, to provide the whole experience in that way. Okay. So with you guys and what you're doing and what I like about it is it's applying discipline, but it's doing it to quick service and it's doing it in a world that so desperately needs it right now um, across the board because there just is no discipline in food. Our standard operating procedures are thrown out the door every second of every day right now. And we're willing to let things slide like safety shoes or things to protect the employees or gloves or hairnets or whatever it is anymore to do that and i you know hairnet's an aesthetic thing hair won't actually make you sick but um that i know of unless it somehow carries covid but it's um (laughs) it's um it's more of a aesthetic thing and people don't want in their food but it's like we have all these precautions and stuff and we have all these things to make food safe and better yet we totally just ignore it because we don't want to lose the employees so it's a very hard thing to be in and what you guys are saying, and I want to talk about, I'm sorry to keep going, um, no, no. is that like we're in this negotiation with our employees suddenly in the world, particularly in food. Like it's a negotiation. Like it's not like you come work for me, I pay you, you do X job, you only get paid if X job is complete. You know, but instead it's like, oh, we'll pay you. Oh, and you'll get a bonus and lots of money even before you start working. So even before you have to prove yourself or prove any vigor or tenacity, we're giving it to advance. So of course you would come to me and be like, oh, I'm working really hard, but I'll work really harder if you pay me more. Well, no, how about you work really harder and you make and show me you deserve it. But that's not the world we live in anymore. It's like this weird reverse negotiation and the cell phone is one of it. It's like the, 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 suffering that I would cause the attachment to these cell phones that someone goes through when I separate a person that's grown up with a cell phone since they're like eight years old, like it's in food service. Like they will quit their job. They will have such a breakdown by the separation of their phone. And it's like, I just, I don't even know how to deal with it because I'm like, there is like, how are you going to be successful at life? If you can't separate yourself from the phone for a few minutes to focus on something, and maybe the phone is your business and it is your focus, but it's still, you're in the way everywhere else. Like you hold up lines, you're holding up the parking lot for delivery drivers, your people are getting in accidents all the time. To your point, I can't even know how many cell phone accidents there are. But not to be on a tangent, but I just think it's so important that in food service and then things we talk about what you're talking about, which is food is a sanitation nightmare. Um, the food safety nightmare and it's a distraction and it's causing wasted business and delivery drivers to get backed up and, and causing really bad reputation for food service. So, um, I appreciate that input, um, greatly because I'm probably gonna like go and have a bunch of people upset and there's nothing about food, cell phones. I'm just telling you what I know. You know what? Because the people yeah. that are getting upset are the ones that have the thin skin and are are actually guilty of char- you know of doing that. You're like, yeah. oh, there's nothing wrong with that. But like you said, though, that cell phone's a disgusting trap for every disease there is. You know, yeah. if, you, if you can't handle what you're what somebody's saying or anything that you know, 
yeah, like Andrew said, you you got thin skin, and you know, it's a, that's just give me a break. You know, Absolutely. go go somewhere else. Go go to Chick Fil A. You could be on your phone <laughs> when you're in the drive through. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> The line there's a little ridiculous. I, I I hear people complain about it all the time that they still go back, but I'm like, there's so many other options and local options, and you guys should really consider what's out there. Um, they consider two salty sarges, but we got a better chicken sandwich, yeah. and our fries ain't soggy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Not putting down the mass-produced multi-billion-dollar company, but whatever. <laughs> I think that that's the difference. So, and we you have to face it: scalability and growing restaurant trains mean you lose some of the food quality and consistency that's in food and you're making it in a thousand different restaurants. It's impossible. And so that's the the thing. And, you know, but like I said, McDonald's and SOPs, they started off early from day one, Ray Kroc saw it with the McDonald's brothers. And so like he really made that the entire focus of his business. And therefore even with the ups and downs and the bumps, you see McDonald's scale their menus up and down and they, they do things and and not because I think they shouldn't be competed with, but it's more or less because in the world that we live in where food is, it's about being a marketing person. As you guys discuss, it's about having really good food. It's about customizing options for people. Um, you know, and it's about giving entertainment, you know, and having a brand. For McDonald's, it's the Happy Meals and Grimace and McDonald's. For you guys, it's the Salty Sarges, and it's the image around that and the the military background. And so that's what it is for you guys. So I think tying it all around and what you guys are doing, you could scale a business eventually because you're doing it right from day one. And you've already shown that in that you're, what, six months old. And yeah, I mean, we're, we're trying to. We're trying. We're trying. We want to be overachievers, but we're trying. Yeah, and <laughs> when if it's not always that I get it, I I track down a lot of things and I ask questions and I go to bloggers out there and I ask them about the best food trucks when I'm trying to do stuff or businesses for stuff to try to get references. But for you guys, it was genuinely someone who's like, you got to have them on your food truck. They customized my food. They were great. We had them at the brewery. And then I kept seeing you guys. Like I kept seeing the truck everywhere. And even when I was, uh, you know, in Denver or I was down here driving down County line, I kept seeing guys. I think you may have even been at Jackass Hill brewery at one time, uh, before it closed, if, but maybe not. Um, no, no, we've been to so many different ones. Yeah. I remember which ones? Yeah, yeah, that one's in downtown Littleton. It's a little hard to get into. Um, it's a yeah, former bank, um, but I can't remember. But either way, it's um, it's really cool. So I've done a lot of talking, and this show is supposed to be about you guys. So <laughs> no, yeah, no worries. You're good. And the, you're you're saying exactly what we would have said. Yeah. You know, it's just a little bit more polite. Because uh, politically correct, yeah, politically correct, we'll say. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but like you said, though, about our truck, we get a lot of conversation pieces because of our 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 decals and our logos. But when you look at it, you look at there's a purple heart there, and you, there's two bronze stars. Well, goddamn, they're not there because we like them. They're there because, you know, unfortunately, Bobby earned the purple heart. Yeah. You know, and we both have the bronze star. So it's not like we just decided like, oh, let's put some medals on there. No, that shit's ours. Yeah. You know, so and there's we have all the branches uh, of service minus the Space Force. The Space Force. They're out. They're out ranked by the Girl Scouts. Yeah. So we couldn't get the Girl Scouts label made. So 
but yeah, our um, our logo is us. Uh, that's that's all us. <laughs> I love the I, and I think the representation. I agree. Um, what I've seen the food truck or food trailer. I keep saying that, um, and I see that you guys have the medals listed on. There. I think that's part of. Like this is what we we don't understand as humans a lot, and sometimes we do damage on purpose. Sometimes we don't, but our character is built over a lifetime and whatever happens are things that transition us or Phoenix us into whoever we are. And in your guy's case, it's a food trailer over the last six months. You guys have transitioned your lives greatly to go into this venture and it, you guys are happy. I mean, I hear joy in your life and you know, you guys have fought hard for the freedom that you're enjoying. Yeah, it's actually it's actually being being on the trailer. It's it's extremely fun. Yeah, and I I really couldn't have picked a a better uh, entrepreneur entrepreneur partner than Andrew because we we we've always gotten along. You know, and if we if we have a a conflict with each other on the trailer, we're gonna hash it. We're gonna squash that shit as soon as it's as soon as it happens. You know, we might be busy. And I might have to say something to him about an hour later, but he'll know exactly what I'm talking about and he'll either agree or disagree. And he'll say something to me and I'll either agree or disagree, but we're going to squash that shit. We're, we're business partners and we're friends. You know, uh, we've been friends for fucking many years. Since 94, do the math. Yeah. And you guys are, uh, and I want to point this out. You guys are probably like mid to late forties of an, I'm sticking. I'm like, I graduated high school in 98. So you guys are. Yeah. I'm 48. I graduated high school in 92. Cool. Yeah. And I, I don't know how old I am, (laughs) but I'm, I know I'm I'm, I'm pretty close to his age. (laughs) You know, I can't, I can't remember everything like that. You know, that's, that's part of that, uh, Earning that purple heart kind of fucked me up pretty good. So, yeah, I can imagine. But, you know, can't imagine. We can kind of, kind of to to backtrack a little bit. You know, we we we've gone to many many breweries, and you know, we might be scheduled to be there at we'll say four o'clock, um, and we will never ever arrive at a brewery at four o'clock because if you're on time, you're freaking late. Yeah, you know, absolutely. We'll, we'll be there 45 minutes early because yeah, we're yeah, setting up. Uh, we gotta we gotta fire everything up, and we're gonna be ready to serve by four o'clock. Yeah, you know. So it's it's a that's that's the military discipline in both of us. You know, if you're on time, you're late. You know, um, it's just we we've taken um, throughout our careers from in the military, especially with Andrew, he's, he's done many years more than I did in the military. But when I was an NCO in the military, I always tried to, to, to look at the, my NCOs. And as I was growing up in the military, I'd look at my NCOs. I, I take the, the things that I respected most about those NCOs and I'd adopt them when I became an NCO and I looked at some of the fucked up NCOs that I had and I, <laughs> I learned not to do Those things, that yeah. stupid shit because you're going to get him, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that stupid shit. So I think 
Andrew and I have, have we've both done that throughout our careers. And this this is how the the business functions so well. Because we we're both in the military, we both adopted great traits. We got some screwed up traits too. But <laughs> You know, we we both agree. <laughs> that's gonna be a different show. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a different show. So, but you know, that's that's how we can succeed and we get along so well. Well, and I like that you're not afraid. Like, you're. I mean, it's never too late to start to be an entrepreneur. It's never too late to follow a dream, right. and you guys have yep. done that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And We're doing it. <laughs> So, um, is there anything you guys want to share? I'd love to have you guys back on for another episode, maybe uh, part two in um, in a yeah. few months, and we can talk about your story and about the winter and stuff like that and how we get through it. <laughs> the frostbite. <laughs> the frostbite. But one of the things that I really enjoyed is there's no fear in what you guys are doing, and you're willing to try anything and travel to any distance to do the right thing. Um, yes. And that's the important part is this, like when people ask for minimums, it's one of those things that it's like, what's the right thing to do? The right thing to do for my business and for my business partner is to go chase down clients and customers and build relationships, right? And they benefit your business. And anyone who ever grew up in food back in the day, all of restaurants and food used to be this way. You were in your local town, in your neighborhood, and you actually had to build client and relationships so people would come in every Friday to your restaurant and be like, oh, there's Tony and Jackie and little Tommy uh, Jr. And like they'd come in every Friday and they'd get the all-you-can-eat burgers. You know, okay. You know, and it's that didn't happen because just the food was good or they had, you know, good billboards or pictures and advertising. Yes, those things were reminders. Those things were things to remind people of how good the food was, but more so what a great relationship there was that came with the food. Because loyalty and stuff comes with that relationship. And we're seeing this now as generations upon generations that are loyal to Wendy's or Burger King or McDonald's, because the service has gotten so bad, those people are branching out maybe to other fast food places, but they're starting to branch out to to get more into the food that's local, to try the more local chains that are coming up, to try here in Denver, we have yeah. Bird Call. So it's like Bird Call instead of um, you know, Burger King. I mean um KFC or Popeyes. And, you know, there's, you know, burgers and chicken sandwiches at two salty sarges we just talked about. And so in Denver, I feel like people are really more into that. And while we have chains here and restaurants, it's a great market to grow a food business because of the population. It's also a population that respects and enjoys good food and fresh food yeah, yeah. like you guys are doing. So now with all that with all that being said as well, you know, we're we we joke about the fact of being salty and being assholes and, and stuff like that. Don't 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 get me don't get us wrong. We're not going to insult you as you come up to to the window and stuff like that. We're not going to be don't don't be like don't be afraid to to come up to us. But, you know, so as we we just enacted another another sticker that's going to go onto our truck. Don't just don't automatically come up and be a be an asshole to us, because trust me, we have bail money. (laughs) So that's that's our new sticker that's going to go on our truck. 
you know, I mean, we, we can joke around and have fun, but don't, don't come up and be an asshole Yeah, because then, then it's, it's going to be another story that comes out, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> I'm just, that's just putting that out there. Cause we, we had a little incident the other day. It was kind of, you know, kind of mm-hmm. ignorant on the customer's part. Uh-huh. And, uh, but, and like I said, we're going to put another sticker on there and says we have bail money. And you're going to, you're going to fuck around to find out, you know, <laughs> but like, like I said, we're not in this to be assholes. We're, we're just, we are who we are, but we're also going to protect our reputation. We have to exactly. exactly, even though we're young, we're young, we're the still business. green in, in this business, but we're not going to sit there and take nothing from a customer. I mean, they always had that. Well, customers always right. Well, let me tell you something, man. Not in our place. You know why? Because we don't need you for a customer. I got four or five more behind you that I'm going to treat with respect and dignity. So you can move around and drop because, and fire. Because you treated us with respect and dignity. We're not going to treat you like an asshole off the bat. You know, you're going to you're going to have to earn that right. You know. And I think that that's what everyone tries to service every customer and client and they end up losing their business because they're trying to be everything to everyone or be liked by everyone, I guess would be a better term. Um, And I agree with what you're saying. And, you know, you can waste so much time in a food truck particular because you have windows and you can only serve so much food and you're trying to keep the clients that are doing well. There's every once in a while a disgruntled or whatever customer that can really tie up a situation or make a scene, which I've, I've had in my experience too. Um, and, and, and for whatever reason, and, um, and it's, and you're right. It's not those clients and customers, like everyone's like, they're always right. Well, there might be truth in what they're saying. There may be right in that regard, but they are not right for your business. And, and as business owners and entrepreneurs, especially when you're at a young age, like you just need to think about it this way. If I'm, if I'm serving nothing but pork, I'm probably not right for a Muslim client customer. Right. Okay. If they're, if if they're a, a strict Muslim, you know, following the traditional of not eating pork. So it's, the same thing you're just their preference and their lifestyle is not matching what's going on and in that you could cause more damage me forcing a muslim to eat pork would not do them any good and then forcing me when my business is all pork to not serve pork when that's how i make money would not do me any good so it just doesn't match but go on i mean as, as, as we're talking about this you know now if we screw something up and we're going to own it. You know, that's, that's plain and simple. We're not saying that the customer, uh, we, we gave them, uh, Cajun fries instead of garlic Parmesan fries, which yeah, are amazing. Absolutely. And, uh, but if we, if we put out the wrong order or we, we, we screwed something up, we're going to own it. Do we're going to make it right. You know, we, we forgot to, to make a, a guy, a set of fries where the bar was closing, we were closing up and we forgot to get a, make a order of fries for a guy the the correct way. And, uh, we, we, we owned it. We are like, Hey man, next time we're here or, or just, just follow us. And, and we were going to make this right. Him, his whole family ate for free over us screwing up French fries. You know, it was, it was, he had burgers, he had fried. Don't get me wrong. He he came out and he didn't want the, the free food. 
but he came out because we were making it right because we fucked something up. Plain and simple. If we screw something up, we're gonna own it. But don't don't come to us saying we screwed your order up when you didn't order it correctly. You know, if you want if you want a burger and no fries, you better say you want a burger and no fries. Read the menu, dipshit. It says <laughs> everything comes with fries. I love it. You know, I love it. I love it when something gets screwed up or <clears throat> I've ran into that too where the the pregnant wife is mad because the husband didn't order the thing correctly and then the husband's yelling at you or the phone because he didn't do it correctly or comes in the store or whatever i'm like dude i don't know how to help you here you need to fix that not don't blame that on me like i get it that you might be mad and i was supposed to assume you didn't want fries with your burger but hey bro you need to fix your problem i i can't (laughs) fix it like if you're gonna blame me you're still not fixing the problem which is you not communicating properly. So, exactly. you know, it's 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 that type of thing. So I agree. But one of the things I like that you said, and, you know, I always recommend books on my Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast, but it's important that on this one, like it's in being in the military, I feel like this is important, is the extreme ownership that you guys talk about. It's Jocko Willink's book. He's a military-based leader and, and civilian now and, and consultant. But he talks about this concept and particularly he extrapolates it out of the military is that if you don't own it and you're not willing to own it and learn from it and have other and own it so other people can learn from it you unintentionally by not saying something like that and owning the mistakes could cause death in in the military or harm when when war so like in your business it's the same thing like losing money stupidly can cause death to your business and harm your employees and your people and your families. So it may not cause death, but it certainly is really bad. And money, losing money is really horrible or bankrupting a business because you do, you do things like this. So I like that. So the extreme ownership I think is important. It's owning what you did, but here's the opposite side of it, which I like what you said. Also, it's the opposite side of the coin is when you take to extreme ownership and you own your mistakes and you realize what you did. And not only do you own it, but you take to an extreme of fixing. Yeah, I screwed up. I'm going to make this right. Let me give you some free drinks. Also, I'll throw in another appetizer. No problem. Um, great. And it's great when the merchant offers it because I have a lot of customers that now expect it and they ask for it if there's an error and, um, and, and people, especially like, so what do I do? I'm like, hold on. If it's an expectation, then it's an expectation because you've given it away too much. Okay. And so we need to dial that back. Number one, number two is if it's an expectation and they keep coming into doing it, are they doing it on purpose? And exactly, so, exactly. and you know, those are two things to be aware of. And everyone's always like, no, just fix it. And maybe it's just whatever. And maybe you don't give it away and you just need to do it. But you get, you get, just got to be careful. That's the opposite side of the coin. But also the opposite side of the coin that I will tell you is when you do own your stuff and you know, and you're very conscious of it as a person and you've been trained that way. And I grew up on a farm, so that became part of my nature and I played soccer. So that, you know, that became part of my nature um, combined as this discipline and this this thing is that when people don't take ownership of their mistakes and stuff like that, 
you know what you did. You're very well of accounting and you're very well what you did and you know when you screwed up and did it at least most of the time because you look inwardly and you want to better yourself and those around you by learning from mistakes or learning from things you did wrong and you don't want anyone else to suffer from your wrongdoings. But yep, what right. But what happens is in those situations and why you're so strongly talking about it, which I want to talk to the audience about, is that you're like, I know what I take ownership of. I know how I handle it. I know that I'm conscious of taking things down because I am prepared to make up for it if I am wrong. And when you're prepared to do that, it changes the perspective in the clients that come in or the customers, excuse me, that are coming to take advantage of you, you block more. Okay? Okay. And so that's just the way it is. And listen, I just, as a human, we're not, I'm not a cup of tea for everyone, you know, and it's, nope. and, and it's really hard to imagine that my business is going to be a cup of tea for everyone, which means the customers that are great to me, that are doing well, that are loyal, that even come and say, Hey man, you screwed up my fries or whatever. They're giving you feedback and they're doing it in a nice way. That's an opportunity for you to make it up to them and have them go do word of mouth like you guys did. So exactly, it's just so many lessons there and you you guys have crunched a lot into this podcast here uh, for me personally, too. There's an old saying my dad used to say, and I'm pretty sure Andrew's dad probably said it to him, too. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah. You know, um, because you have those you have those clients or customers that that are going to sit there and try to get the free food. And um, we we haven't ran into that. You know, not yet. So, well, like like you've been saying, we're only six months old. So, we're not even six months old. So, well, I'm sure we're gonna run into it, but we're gonna we're gonna uh, run the rip rap out. Yep. Is what we're gonna do, plain and simple. So, awesome. Thank you guys so much, uh, Andrew and Robert. You guys, dominate. I'm definitely gonna have you guys back on. Um, will you guys let everyone know where they can find you online? Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. For everybody listening on this podcast, man, check us out. Number two, the two salty sarges. That's number two, S A L T Y S A R G E S. You can do.com. You can at gmail.com, our Facebook, our Instagram, our TikTok. It's all two salty sarges. Check us out. Come see us. We'll be at Half Penny Brewing Company tonight, November first, from two or I'm sorry, from four to eight. We'll be serving. They're located at five one five zero East Arapaho Road. Come check us out. Awesome. And um, one last thing, I'll give you guys one last chance. Um, and I think I already asked it, but is there anything you guys want to tie up um, before we get off? And I'll leave it at that and won't cross talk this time. No, but the only thing I want to tie up, man, is this is awesome that uh, you reached out to us. Yes. You saw us on Broadway. I remember that day. Um, that Broadway is another creature for parking a trailer on the street. Yeah. Like <laughs> the, the Denver's NASCAR. Yes, yes, that's for sure. So, yeah, dude, man, this is so great. We got to come on here. We love to have new clients, and I would love to have people that come to our serving window, order our food, and say, hey, man, 
we heard you on the podcast. That would be that'd be, great. That'd be badass. Yeah, and that's how it happens. I mean, honestly, like I someone said it, and then I saw you guys, and then I saw you guys again, and I'm like, okay, like they're hustling. <laughs> and I knew by where you were going, by the hours that you were keeping, by the design of your truck, and and was making an assumption based on your background that you guys were, were doing well and you were doing all the right things. And it's funny because it just seems so logical to me what you guys are doing and it makes so much sense to me. Yet most people don't do it this way and they go the hardest routes in life and they're just, they, they don't get discipline in their business from day one and they don't add in the proper procedures and don't truly have a partnership and an ability to be direct with someone. And I think that that's an yeah. East Coast thing also. And I said I wasn't going to cross talk, but... What, yeah. what I love about you guys is the thing that you talked about is, and I went to an all-boys school, and like I said, I played soccer uh, for middle school and high school. I went to all-boys school. But there's there's a certain way of dealing with things in, in life. Um, I found that direct, and if you're going to fight, just fight it out and get it over with. And I had you know, two older half-brothers that sort of the same mentality, at least with one of them, that if you're going to have an argument, you can't get over it. Let's just get it out now. And find yep. resolve or not resolve, but at least let's put it out there. But what I find, just especially, each other. yeah, what I find in business, what I like about you guys is if you did, you can be mad at each other for about an hour, but if you both really care about the growth of the business and you take ownership, like we just talked about, there's a way to grow from those experiences and grow your business quickly. And everyone's like, oh, it's about marketing and advertising and spending money. Yes, but what are you marketing and advertising and spending money on? And exactly. the military has one of the best brands ever because of tradition and discipline and individuals that come out. And while I'm not promoting the military or, or not promoting it, what I am saying is that the reason there is that strong belonging is because the camaraderie that happens yes in war but also in the structure and the standard and the training that everyone goes through it together and so and then there's tradition in the brand and that's your business as well like you can create tradition and there are battles in the kitchen there are days that you're going to lose a fryer and there are days you can't get the pilot lights to light and so that's bonding time that's times that strengthen your teams in your food service business and and times to create standard operating procedures to strengthen your business or to discuss and learn new things so and learn it learn and i tell you what justin bobby and i we started this with zero experience i say zero experience i'm starting i'm talking about applying for health department applying (laughs) permits applying to be able to sell food in the state of colorado it's there's a lot of backdoor stuff that are behind the scenes that people don't realize people like oh you only you're only out for four hours a day but shit motherfucker you weren't helping me prep food you weren't at the store shopping you weren't fixing this truck that broke down you know you weren't fixing you know just random stuff you know you weren't over here cleaning the fryers cleaning the grills you know waxing the trailer making it look good so there's so much behind the scenes that a lot of people don't understand like oh man like when you look at a kitchen those cats are there all day because that's that's what they do, you know. But we're in our kitchen, but it's behind the scenes. Yeah, and I th- a lot of people don't realize – I think people just think the food comes in. You come in and they're like, oh, I prepped during lunch. But like the preparation almost takes twice as long as the amount of time to serve the food half the time. Yes. And, yep. and no matter how much we simplify it or try to 3D print it or 
do plant-based everything, you're, you're going to run into this problem. Like you can't just, it's a tangible item. It just, and it has to be manipulated to become, you know, the food that tastes good and what we like and get all the different variations of ingredients and, and proteins and stuff in it. So we are serving all straight fresh produce and food. So therefore sometimes we have to go to the store. It seems like every day, every morning, which is fine you know, to go get a couple fresh produce items because we're not going to stock the fridge. I don't want the shit to go bad because it's money out of our pocket. And then the customer gets soggy tomatoes or, or wet, shitty lettuce, wilted lettuce, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that's not what our goal is. Our goal no. is to provide the freshest food possible on a truck on. Yeah. Being mobile. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. I think that, that that's such an important part and it takes time to prep as we discussed in, in fresh food. It's better tasting in my opinion but it's also better for you and it doesn't matter if it's fried or not fried or whatever we can make all those arguments but one of the realities is is if it's fresh and it's done fresh it's going to be better for you there's going to be less nutrients um that have been deprived over the the lifespan of it being frozen or picked from the the tree or or cut into pieces and then serve like fresh food fresh stuff the this the less shelf life that it's that's been on a shelf um, it matters because the yep. nutrients we see in stuff on calorie labels, that's what it was when it was picked. That's when it was in that, in that fragment of time, that photograph, but it depreciates like nutrients depreciate. Yep. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we can talk about that. You know, some of the reason people want are constantly hungry is they're not getting the right nutrients. Well, but they're eating food that should have nutrients. Yeah. But how long has it been? How long has that lettuce been sitting there? How long has it been that that beef patty's been frozen forever and not fresh yep. processed? And so while I agree frozen allows us to eat and get nutrients and there's still stuff left and fresh and all that, we've got to be aware that fresh food is still better tasting. It's better for you. And it's going to be safer for the human. It's a little bit longer service to you. That's it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just take these, just be patient and it's safer. It's just, you know, you want your food cooked all the way through. You want your food cooked properly. You want to make sure they're taking the proper steps. We want to take the time. And I think um, that that's a big part. So thank you guys very much again. Uh, gosh, I can't wait to try your food. I'm definitely going to yeah, get out man, there with Deborah. to have you out, man. Take some pictures and we can get silly, man. Make you a, a yeah. certain plate. Yeah, absolutely. And um, one more time just for the audience where they could find you guys online. TwoSaltySarges.com. That is our official website. You can go on there, see our menu with prices, see our pictures where we go, and a mission statement about us, a brief mission statement about us. Very cool. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone in the audience for listening in. I appreciate you guys. If you like what we're doing here on the podcast, we do it for free. There's no advertising. We're just doing it to spread love and give back to food that, that we've done. So please share. Please give us five star reviews on whatever podcast uh, syndication you're listening to, whether it's Apple or Google or Shopify, I mean, uh, Spotify. And, um, and you can tell them in the food space, I'm naming like the read the online stores and uh, on, um, so Spotify. So please leave us, you know, reviews and stuff like that. That's how we get more listeners. That's how we help move more food entrepreneurs. And if you have a food entrepreneur or want to be food entrepreneur in your life, please share what's going on here. And, 
Andrew and Robert, I really enjoyed this episode. I cannot tell you how much it benefited me and gave me a lot of reminders of things that I need to work on and, and find discipline and standards in my own businesses. So I appreciate it. And you guys have a great day as well. Yes, sir. Awesome, man. Enjoy, man. Come check us out. We'll be at half penny tonight. Awesome. Thanks again. Thank you guys. Bye. Yes, sir. All right. Bye.